Oh yeah. It's a little extra Lambo. Coming to you live from the Palatial Palace, the South Hill Studio, Spokane, Washington. Our guest today, podcaster, comedian, producer, host of the Social Hour podcast, the Dollar Bin podcast, his own podcast. You can find him on Facebook. You can find him on Instagram. It is none other than Deeps Casillas. Find him on DeeseComedy.com, Deese.comedy on Instagram, uh, Social Hour on Facebook, Dollar Bin Podcast on Facebook. Great conversation. Uh, he's got some political aspirations himself. Um, we kind of dive into that a little bit. We talk about comedy. We talk about what 2020 was like for comedians himself and him getting even busier. So it was a great conversation that we had with him. Uh, my best friend Brooks was here for that as well. So that was fun. Uh, it was my birthday. Um, happy birthday to me. I have 42nd birthday. So that's what we did. Uh, two years ago, uh, Deese was a part of my birthday as well for my 40th. So that was a fun time. So we might have to make this an every other year thing with with Mr. Deese Casillas. So hopefully you enjoy the show. Like that uh, subscribe button. Hit that subscribe button. Download the show. It is free. Download the show and then listen and delete. Please. So that's what we ask of you. Um, Also, shout out to the Hotcast One Radio Podcast. We've got some awesome shows coming up for you for beginning of baseball season. Spokane Chiefs are playing. The Spokane Indians are about to start up in a month. Uh, Major League Baseball just started. Awesome shows for you coming up. I'm very excited for them. Um, Check out the other shows that we have on a little extra Lambo. This will be show number two. So excited for that. I have eight more in the can ready to be produced and published for you. So Follow me on Facebook, Little Extra Lambo. Um, subscribe to the show. It is uh, not child-friendly content uh, for this one. So just remember that. It says it right on the show. And I hope you guys enjoy it. Little Extra Lambo with Deese Casillas. Are we good? Are we you, if you want to wear them, you can. If not, no big oh, deal. I like to. That's, oh, that's beautiful. I sound better than I thought I did. And I don't know how I sound, but it's no. probably amazing. Oh, it's so sexy on this end. Yeah, yeah. You should hear it. Okay, good. But you are gonna need to pull it. This yeah, way. get there get right go. on that bad boy. All right, let me know. There you go. Yeah. Just like when you were in yeah, prison. Yeah, like this or down. Okay, perfect. Yep. Just like you were <laughs> just in let prison. me know it would go down. Okay, perfect. Yeah, we did a we did a podcast at his house. He's from Moses Lake. Oh, okay. So he lives right on the lake. So we Damn went nice. fishing. All right. And then came back, and then we did a fought, uh, did the fire pit. Yeah. Had some beers, did it around the fire pit. Nice. So it was. It was great. It was Beautiful awesome. sunset. Moses Lake. I so I happen to know the uh, sheriff of that county. Not a sheriff. The sheriff. Tom. Shout Tom. out to Tom Jones. Yep. Tom Jones. Uh, and I, he, a friend of mine, and I actually stayed at their house. Uh, they have a lake house, and I stayed there. Uh, they've got two houses, but I stayed at their lake house, and we they just got me hammered. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. And we went on a boat, 
And then he like throws me keys to the house and the boat. And he's like, all right, we're going home. He goes, if you get in any trouble tonight, just tell him to call me. That's I'm awesome. Like, oh, God, That's awesome. Is, it's yeah. good to know the right people. <laughs> get out of jail free card. Carte blanche to just do whatever the hell you want to do. Uh, I'm like, yeah, I, I could just go like run through a special needs school bus drunk driving and be like, ah, call Tom. <laughs> <laughs> he said I'm good. I'm kind of a big deal. I know Tom Jones is. That's pretty awesome. Well, you, yeah. You've had your run-ins. Um, yeah, I've had run-ins with all kinds of people. What are we talking about? What are, what are you, a cop? <laughs> the, the, what are you, who, who, who's asking? Yeah, what are we talking about right here? Mr. Mr. Brooks here, We when I was in college, when we were in college, Uh-oh. we used to live by the aquatic center there. Okay. Yeah. So we would, as a group of us, we'd jump over the fence, go swimming, turn the pumps on, go down the slides, all <laughs> nice. that stuff. Okay? Yeah. So him and, and a friend of ours from my hometown decided to go swimming, comes get done walking through the park and sheriff standing there right by his car said, Mr. Kling, how are you doing tonight? He said, great, but the damnedest thing. He's like, we're walking oh. through here and the sprinklers pop on. <laughs> you know what? We're, I, I'm going to have to tell the story a little bit. You're, you you're it. missing out quite You've, a bit actually. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, we don't want to really bring up the, uh, our friend's name because his wife, uh, she's actually a judge, uh, JD Burns. And, uh, <laughs> so anyways, uh, criminal history, but yeah, so we, you know, it was a hot sunny, uh, you know, night and, uh, you know, I just came up with the idea. I was like, Hey guys, let's uh, jump the fence and go uh, yeah. swim in, uh, at the aquatic center. And so, you know, big group of us did, uh, you know, guys, girls. And uh, so you know, we hop it. It's like probably what, midnight, one in the morning. And uh, we're jumping off the high dive, just having a good old time. We're probably there for a good, what, 45 minutes. And, uh, you know, we had our towels and stuff. And so anyways, we hop the fence. We're going back to our car and, and JD and I, we see a cop cruising by. And so we hide behind a tree. And then uh, as soon as I thought it was clear, because I was I was like, all right, let's go. And so we make, uh, just run for it, right? And we jump in the car and we have a case of beer, <laughs> literally a case of beer in between my legs. I am 18 years old. And uh, <clears throat> so anyways, immediately, it's like the cops kind of almost knew what was going to happen. Yeah. They were honest, like, yeah, just like that. It. Oh, yeah. And so, <laughs> uh, of course, like, I'm sitting here looking, I'm like, dude, this is it. MIP, MIC, you know, like, I'm going to be in a paper. My dad's going to be so proud. Wonderful. First of, first of many. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, like, <laughs> sorry, Dad. You know, just uh, making you proud. Um, but anyways, a uh, funny thing, though, it was a cop that used to coach me in baseball. Right? Oh, nice. Absolutely. It, yeah, so, um, you know, so this particular guy, you know, he's known me since I was knee-high to a grasshopper. You know, knows, you know, kind of, you know, who I am as a person. And, you know, of course, boys will be boys. And uh, <clears throat> so he just, uh, you know, he rolls down the window and he's like, hey, Brooks, what you doing there? And I was like, oh, you know, we were just walking through the park, you know, and having a couple of beers, not going to lie, you know. But uh, and he goes, hey, were you guys swimming in the, in the aquatic center? I was like, no, sir. No, no, we'd never do that. This breaking in, we'd never do that. He goes, why are you wet? And then literally as he said that, the sprinklers went off yeah. at that moment. And, of course, I was like, you know what, officer? It was the damnedest thing. We were walking through the, the park down there, and the sprinklers came on. And, yeah. and he just looked at me, smiles, and he's like, Kling, get out of here, man. And so... Uh, yeah, that was, you know, uh, talk about a moment where I was absolutely uh, a little nervous about calling my dad from the yeah. police station there for a moment. And so talk nice. about knowing the right people. So, you know, Tom Jones is your guy. Yeah. I'm going to keep my guy in the wraps cause I might need him in the future. <laughs> so I'm not going to tell you who my person is, but he's moving that's, up in the world as well. Nice. That's good. Yeah, man. You gotta, you gotta have people. It's mm-hmm. small towns are great. Uh, I, I grew up in uh, LA and Long Beach actually to be specific. And then we moved to 
uh, western <laughs> western montana this tiny little town in my mid-teens that uh didn't even have a stoplight when we moved there i mean just a one i literally not one single stoplight uh-huh. in the entire town mm-hmm. um just a blip on the highway and i was like what the fuck man mm-hmm. like it was mm-hmm. just a, but you learn you know small towns have different rules i was telling some oh, people yeah. uh, at my house the other night uh, about I'm like, oh yeah, some, you know, I've been, I got shot at more times living in Montana than I did in LA. Oh, you know, be the yeah, you like know, get off my property, yeah, like you're you're you within a hundred yards of my property. Those country boys, man, yeah, like literally stay old, off their property. Some old farmers, and, some and old the drunk spots guys. to bury you. Yeah, they got well. Even I was at the. There's one gas station in Florence, Montana, and I was standing outside of it late one night. I mean, it was probably you know one in the morning or whatever. And this old drunk guy across the street was on his porch, and he was started shooting at us with his shotgun. He was just hammered, being. Just mm-hmm. just upset at whatever. Yeah. And uh, I was telling this girl, I'm like, yeah, she, we, uh, you know, that's what happened. And then like, well, what happened then? I'm like, well, we left. And, yeah. uh, you know, uh, no big one, deal. Yeah, one of my friend's parents uh, found out. And, you know, it's like, even if you call the cops, the, the sheriff's like, all right, Mr. Henderson, just take it easy. You know, let's yeah. uh, try try to try to drink a little less of the yeah. JD next time and yeah. go to bed early. Absolutely. And what are you going to tell you is like, son, if I were you, I wouldn't go near that property. Yeah, exactly. Just like, you know, a yeah. little common sense here. Learn, learn from your mistake. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So it's, you know, small towns have the, are an interesting place. Oh, absolutely. Everybody knows what you're into and, and you know, who you've been into and uh, you know, yeah. just whatever, man. <laughs> Everyone. Yeah. I got two ex-wives in my small town. I'm like trying to get out <laughs> that's your that's your creating though oh, yeah. well you know what i may have participated in some of the decision making that led me down that path yeah you are listening to a little extra lambo podcast um sitting here with my best friend mr brooks cling howdy he was in town to buy a boat a drift boat yes a sir drift boat <laughs> don't even get me started i'm so jacked for this boat so and another guest with this the main event yeah. Mr. Dees Casillas. Yeah, you got the name right, man. Look I did. At that. I, well, you grew me... up in Moses Lake. You probably you know some Mexicans. Yep. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. We can roll those R's yeah, and S's yeah. and stuff. You know, there's a couple of us out there. Uh-huh. Central uh, Washington, that's where you'll find us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dees is a comedian. Um, what do I got here? Uh, comedian and producer for Spoke Comedy. Yeah. You have three podcasts. I do. You produce six. Uh, yeah, uh, not including my own, yes. Uh, and so, I mean, including mine, there's probably more than that. And, uh, the, as well as some video audio shows and, uh, oh my God, writing, uh, just stand, yeah. Trying to get back on the road now that things have opened back up. Our overlords have told us we can be people again. Dude, thank almost. God I'm ready. So it's, yeah, doing a, doing a lot. Uh, it's been nice. It's, it was weird. I, during this, uh, I was just saying a minute ago during this pandemic, I got busier, Somehow, I feel bad because people always talk about how bad this last year was. And I'm like, man, this last year was great for me. Oh, really? Uh, and uh, uh, I, f- I feel almost guilty. Uh, I think that's just the former Catholic in me, though. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Catholic guilt, of course. Yeah. yeah, that's instilled before six. Right. Oh, it's there forever. The, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, it was. I got busier. And then now comedy opened back up. And, you know, that added on. That was already full-time before this. So I'm like just up all i mean i'm up at 5 a.m and i'm up till about you know midnight or one and that's kind of an everyday thing right now really doing yeah. comedy uh well the, yeah i am doing comedy at night uh, a lot of nights but i mean it's trying to get all my other stuff done um 
the uh, I'm also so I have a bunch of projects I'm doing. I'm working on a short film I wrote that we're oh. fi- we're working on filming. I uh, wrote a, uh, a comic book series that I've got an artist I'm working with on. We're trying to uh, put the finishing touches on that to hopefully get out by the end of the year. Um, so I've got yeah, I mean I do some writing gigs for some people. So I've got like a million things that I'm I, I do besides just stand up comedy. Um, and all those things were going gangbusters, and then stand-up comedy came back, and it's like, oh, now you now you get shows, uh, you know, four nights a week again. <laughs> okay, yeah. So your life is a little more complicated. Yeah, I was I was gonna say, I think this is gonna be a pretty boring podcast with nobody doing anything the last year. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> no, man. I I I just, you know, I didn't I didn't miss a beat. Like the first couple weeks, like the first six weeks, I took a much needed break. And just did nothing. And How busy it, were you? Oh man, I, I was. I had shows. I was probably doing twenty five shows a month before the pandemic hit, as well as doing. I had one podcast at the time. We've launched two since then. I produced a couple other ones, and still had other projects I was working on. But I mean, it was. I was on the road six to eight months a year. It was busy. And then you know everything came to a halt, and it was nice. It was a much needed break. So I hadn't had a break in. Almost four years. I didn't, I didn't really take in any time off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm like, all right, well, this is great. I'll take this time off. And then I started getting antsy um, mm-hmm. and just started finding other projects that I'd had on the back burner or picking up. You know, I'm like, well, I can do shit virtually. So I'll yeah. do some of these other podcasts. And I'll, uh, I started a show called The Social Minute, which is a weekly a video comedy news show uh, that was coming out every Monday. It's been on hiatus the last two or three weeks. Um, I'm probably going to not shelf it completely, but uh, move it to a sporadic release instead of every week. Uh, you know, I mean, it was it really it was born out of not necessity, but wanting to stay uh, stay sharp and just keep writing jokes. You know, have a reason to keep writing jokes. So I just you know I'll, I'll write about whatever's happened in the news this week and you know do five minutes of jokes. Yeah. I can't. We. I think we lost. Yeah, I don't oh. hear. I turned the wrong one down. Oh. Sorry. That's okay. Sorry. My producer turned the wrong volume down. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's okay. I'm not important yeah. enough to yeah. listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. So. <laughs> God dang! Can't hire a good help anymore these I days. I know, right? Yep, yep. Paying where does beer. your Where does your comedy come from? Um, what, what do you What do you draw from? Uh, bad parents. Where do you get inspiration? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Dysfunctional childhood. Yeah. Check. Well, I think that was the that was the hardest thing for I think most comics that you know living most comics kind of live day to day life and that's where you get your comedy from. You start finding things that are funny, yeah, and you start working out these ideas, and then you take them to stage and you talk about them and open mics and stuff, yeah. But if you if you're not living any life, you're just living this Groundhog's Day where you like are doing nothing, the same shit over and over again, where you're stuck in your house. Um, and you know, I mean, most comedians aren't go-getters. Um, I, I, I <laughs> uh, not, not to toot my own horn, but I'm a little bit more motivated than most stand-up comics. Mm-hmm. So uh, they, in general, are like I get to. I, I, you want me to stay home? Check and check. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> good. Yeah, you're gonna send me an extra four hundred bucks to add to my crippling, already crippling alcohol habit. I'm like, Woo-hoo! done deal. You know, no fireball. 
shot, yeah, yeah. shot, shot, shot. They, I mean, no one becomes a comic because they want want to get up before you know six a.m. and hit the gym. It's That's because true. they want to wake Smoke up weed, around, wake yeah, up around noon. Yeah, wake up at noon, roll a doobie, be able to drink at yeah, work, do lines and bang nines, man. Right, yeah, yeah that's well, a, nines is generous. Hopefully, well, you know, at all events. <laughs> you know, they're, they're nine at two. Yeah. Uh, yeah. More like two a, at nine. Yeah. <laughs> more like a Spokane Valley six. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, shout out to Spokane Valley. What up, Sprague? Uh, <laughs> were you uh, were you a class clown growing up? Were you what was your childhood like? That Oh, man. Yeah. The <laughs> I actually have a great moment. I'll always remember. Actually, we, we I moved schools um, because, you know, I was in sixth grade. So I moved schools and uh, it was all new people at this school. I didn't know anyone at this school. And the first day of class, uh, the teacher was like, you know, stand up and say your name. And I stand up and I'm like, you know, my name's Dees Casillas and I'm an alcoholic. Uh, and, uh, you know, I'm in sixth grade. So just, you know, and like everyone, uh, the, the people who laughed, I was just like, well, I know who else. Yeah, you know who, who else has bad parents. Yeah, I'm you know who your people with. are, though. Oh, yeah. You're like, all right, I'm gonna hang out with that kid. Yeah, they get it. Yeah, absolutely. They're, they're future Al-Anon uh, people. Uh-huh, uh, uh-huh. So we, uh, you know, yeah, I, I was... I, I tell a story all the time, but like I was, when I was little, I would stay up and I would pretend like I would fall asleep on the floor of my living room mm-hmm. and my, my dad would just like drink till he passed out on the sofa. And then once he was asleep, I could just watch TV and I would stay up so I could watch uh, the tonight show and like watch Saturday oh. Night live or watch uh, what it used to be called stand up spotlight on VH1, it was on Fridays and Saturdays, and it was hosted by Rosie O'Donnell at the time. She oh. was like a darling uh, stand-up comedian at the time. She wasn't mm-hmm. the raging cunt she is oh, now. Oh, yeah, it's like, yeah, was uh, that, yeah before or after she came, like, total dyke. Yeah. Man-hater. So, yeah, it was very, uh, uh, I always loved comedy. It was weird. I got into comedy late, though, because I didn't, I had no concept of how, you would even do make it. Make a living, yeah. Yeah, but not even make a living, just like, I didn't even know how to enter it. Like, I didn't know how to be, how, like, where you would go to do comedy. That didn't make sense to me. There was no, and then we, you know, uh, my teens were very chaotic. I was kind of everywhere, um, and maybe in and out of a little bit of trouble. Um, and, you know, eventually I made it back to LA, and that's kind of, it's funny, that's when I got my life about kind of put together. And I found this little bar. I was probably 25. Um, and I found this little bar. God, maybe not even 25. And I found this little bar that was doing, it was on PCH and 7th Street in uh, Long Beach called Pete's at the Beach. And they had an open mic. And this guy who ran it, I started going to watch. And this guy who ran it, you know, we became friends. And I talked to him. And he's like, yeah, you're funny, man. You should do this. So gave it a shot. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, went pretty well and started going back and uh but i you know it's again i have a weird path because i didn't i didn't do just stand-up forever i went away from stand-up and went to like i was doing improv and sketch comedy and i was uh writing uh doing a lot of comedy writing for a long time um and then i moved to spokane and started doing stand-up again uh, more regularly. I, I just basically am a cheap whore. I went wherever the money was. Of course. Um, if the money wasn't hey, there writing. There ain't nothing wrong with that. Like, seriously, that's so, how I am. Yeah, when the money wasn't writing, I was writing. And then when the money, you know, when that kind of dried up a little for me and stand-up really opened the door for stand-up 
really opened up. The comedy club here opened up and they like quite literally the door opened up for me. They, they contacted me and wanted me to start hosting and producing a show there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm like, okay, well, I guess if I'm, you know, doing a show here, I should probably start doing stand up again. Mm-hmm. And then I, that was yeah, like, platform, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> did you have your first time on stage? Did you have material set up or did you just tell stories? Because uh, there's a difference from being a funny guy it. to having, you know, a funny guy to having being a com- a, com- a comedian. Yeah. You know, I wrote, I had material. It's funny because I, I had material because I'd been writing jokes again for years because I, well, um, do a couple things. First of all, I was always a writer. Like I wanted to write for a living. Um, ever since I was a kid, that's all I wanted to do was write. And so any type of writing, I mean, I, I published a book like 10, 12 years ago now. Um, and you know, like I said, did comedy writing. I used to do punch up on scripts for people who worked in Hollywood. Um, so I just wanted to write and I, I also want to do comedy. So I would write, I had a whole file of like jokes I'd written and things that I thought were funny. Um, and actually the really what's really funny is a lot of that those original bones still exist in some of the things uh some of my set like there's some jokes and some stuff you know it's worded different it's better but like the ideas and some of the stuff is still there you know um it's actually one of my (laughs) i still love the joke and it's one of the earliest jokes i wrote um it's actually my t-shirt i sell but I, I, I have a joke about uh, that uh, I'm Mexican. I don't look that Mexican, though. I'm like secret agent undercover Mexican. I'm like double O siete. Yeah, you definitely don't yeah. look Mexican. Which <laughs> is the which is like uh, a joke I wrote forever ago. I mean, that's probably like a, you know, that's probably close to a 15-year-old joke. And it's just, you know, it's basically a one-liner. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean... It, it's funny. It gets a laugh every time and it exists in my set still. And I mean, it's literally on my shirts. You know, it's when I sell my shirts. So, well, being from him, being from Moses Lake and me being there a lot, mm-hmm. we have a lot of friends that are like that, that yeah. they're undercover. So, oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, yeah. the funny thing is I'll show you guys a picture of me after the show. Um, you'll, you'll see this picture of me and I definitely look Mexican in the picture mm-hmm. and you will not believe that it's the same person. Um, good tan. Uh, well, very good tan, but a shaved head and uh, uh, no big beard. Um, he, although this beard is new too, with his fucking, you know, his how white. long did that take you to grow? <laughs> uh, this has been going for, um, probably like, uh, six eight months. Yeah, I love it. You man. know, I was. What's I was. The, what's tr- the fiance think? Yeah, well, go, I've, well, fiance, God, I don't, I don't know, I don't have a fiance. It's a oh, beer ride, baby. <laughs> I, I, yeah, God damn. Never mind. I'll uh, edit that out. Kill me. Uh, I do have a, I do have a girlfriend. I love her very much. I'll never marry you though. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the show. Red pill. You know, red pill it, man. <laughs> like it's just no longer in our best interest anymore. Uh, I, I don't, I don't want the government in any of my fucking business. Yeah. Just, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't need a government to tell me I can be with someone forever or pay taxes. Yeah. Different. Or Fuck when that. it falls yeah, apart, you have to, you know, when it falls apart, you know you enter the you know the system and then you're fucked yeah it makes no sense to me i'm a i uh uh, i hesitate to say this ostensibly i'm libertarian so Mm -hmm. i don't want any fucking i don't want the government any goddamn thing i'm doing yeah um yeah actually i'll be i actually was before i came here i was writing a speech i'm doing a keynote address at a libertarian uh rally next this saturday and i'm like oh god i gotta write like a 30 minute speech 
I'm about one page in, so I can eat about 15 more fucking pages. Uh, mm-hmm, <laughs> yeah. But I'll, like, I'll get there. I'll just about. start winging it. How do you start? Uh, thanks for coming. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, I, I was reading it and I'm thinking like, am I actually saying anything or are these all just like platitudes? Is this all just rhetoric and platitudes? But then mm-hmm. I started thinking about it. I'm like, I feel like that's all politics and especially speeches are like no one's saying anything it's like we are all here together and we're yeah. people and we yeah. are people together because together mm-hmm. we are people that mm-hmm. are stronger people and stronger people are better together and like you just say shit like that and it was like yeah I think yeah great yeah. job, great job. Yeah, that's, he's right we are people and we <laughs> are together that's all true uh-huh. everything he said uh-huh. is you know, uh, and then you just nod your head a lot very sternly but also caring and like this guy gets it uh <laughs> Well placed pauses for the for the cl- for the class. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. yeah, yeah, I get. You know, I think it's all going to work out. Uh, <laughs> so, I my problem is I just say yes to fucking. I always said I'd be a great prom date because I say yes to everything. Mm. Um, <laughs> like the uh, this uh, this my buddy asked me to do it. He's a uh, uh, one. He's a local. He's a like I don't know one of the Northwest chairs for the Libertarian Party, and I've done events for him before and done comedy and some small stuff for him. Uh, but he's like, can you do a keynote address? I'm like, yeah, sure. No problem, man. And then like, yeah, yeah, I'm like, that's like six weeks down the road. Just say yes. You'll fucking figure it out. And then it's like five days from it. And I'm like, I should figure that out. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, Where do you sit on? There's always that talk about splitting Washington and Oregon, splitting them in half so that the West side has their bullshit and the East side has their bullshit. Oh, where do you, where do you stand on that? Um, What side of the mountains would you move to? Well, yeah, I'm on the side I want to be on. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) but the, uh, you know, I, I get it in a sense because it is difficult. You know, obviously the reasoning, the Washington uh, is controlled by the West side due to population, yeah, population. obviously. Yep. Uh, but I I think I think the East side of the state would be fucked if we didn't have the, the commerce of the West side. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, people think it sounds like a great idea until we're in a poverty state, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and honestly, I think... Uh, um, I mean, Washington always kind of goes blue mostly, but I think it's, it's, it's less, uh, Spokane has a very unique, uh, demographic. And I think we are in a very prime area where we're more purple, which is Mm -hmm. in my opinion, what we, what we need everywhere, you know, um, every fucking political party is stupid and has horrible ideas and they all have some good ones too, you know, there's, that's, that's why I like, I, I hesitate to say libertarian earlier because that's not technically my political affiliation my political affiliation is i fucking hate them all um i think they're all all idiots yeah um, i, I want to pull a little bit from here yeah i want to pull a little bit from here yeah exactly you know it's a, that's that's what it, that's exactly how i feel because i think they all have some good ideas and all have some bad ideas of course. Uh, some you know more than others and it's just the, the idea that we've gotten this like staunch toe the line a hundred percent or you hate everything and can't, you know, it's like, God, whatever, man, Mm -hmm. you know, I I can't, I can't deal with that. I like the purple to be able to, to communicate with each other. You get those diehard reds, you get the diehard blues. Yeah. Nobody wants to communicate. Yeah. There's all this space in the middle and nothing will ever get done unless you sit down and actually talk. Yeah. What are your reasons for believing what you believe? Right. And where can we work on, 
work on things to make it better for everybody. Yeah, I mean, if you're not even willing to have some sort of discourse, how do you even get anything? How do you get something accomplished? And, yeah. and now it's just... I I want everything my party wants yeah. because and if if we'll just undermine you to make you look bad instead and fuck the American people over like I mean you know I mean even like you look at this shit that happened with COVID if if we would have had a Democratic president that would have gotten done with so much faster not because they would have been more effective but because well I shouldn't say this actually maybe I'm gonna walk that back a little. Um, Things were things were slowed down intentionally by the opposing party because they wanted to make it look like Donald Trump was handling it poorly. He did handle it poorly in some aspects. Uh, Yes, in his mouth handled it poorly. You know what? I'll be honest with you. Like Donald, like I mean, let's be real. He's just a politician. Uh, You know, it's the scientists are the ones that created this. And uh, what I saw on the news, and maybe I'm wrong or whatever else, but. I saw Donald Trump be like, "Dude, we're doing this in record time. They they came up with that uh, vaccination in nine months, and usually these things take years. A lot of trials. Like he actually lifted regulations so they could get it done quicker. Uh, he had the distribution, you know, already kind of set up in place. You know, I, I think he actually did a pretty good job with it. Uh, yeah, myself, th- th- that 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 was uh, handled fairly well. Although, yeah. really, the initial reaction was really slow and impotent, and we could have been much more prepared. The initial reaction was like, "Ah, fuck it, we'll be fine." Um, it's just a cold. That, yeah, and that in that kind of we were prepared for. Uh, uh, like you know what? Well, like, it was. I think yeah, he miss. Uh, he didn't misspoke. He was well. Let me back up too. I think he was trying to ease the tension of the American people. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think he went a really piss poor way of doing it, and then he. He one-upped himself to try to, you know, now I'm really going to say it yeah. like Donald Trump does. Mm-hmm. He's a game show host. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've said that when he first yeah. got elected. He, <laughs> he's, an, he's the apprentice host. I love the show. Yeah. But, yeah. You said, I didn't vote for him. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? I, I did vote for him, and, you know, the reason why I did is because I am tired of politicians. You know, guys that go in office, and they have $1,000 to their name, and then next you know they're in politics for 30, 40 years, and they're millionaires, multi, multi, yeah. multi millions. How is that possible when you're a public servant? Um, so I finally liked term I, limits. I, term limits, exactly right. Like, what kind of back alley deals are these guys getting to get this kind of money? Let's just be real; they're only getting paid, say, one hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. Why are they millionaires? Uh, and let's just, let's just be real; we don't we, we know what's going on. Uh, at the end of the day, though, we are the leaders when it comes to humanitarian efforts, and you know, globally. And so, for as many people as who hate us, which I think is honestly a left wing democratic view, they they looking for the the negative and what America has to offer. Um, uh, meanwhile, they're neglecting the freedoms which they enjoy, and they get to talk, you know, all this trash. And, and it's like, you should have every right to do it. Um, you're, you're welcome, you know, by the lives of men who died to provide that. So, I don't know. I'm pro-American. I'm a little bit brash in your face. You know me. Um, I, I think Biden's horrible. He's not, the, he's not the leader that we need. We need, we need someone. Who- this is a mid-roll read. Crave Eats, Drinks, and Nightlife, downtown Spokane. They've updated some items on the menu. Come check out the all-new B-L-A-T, bacon, lettuce, fried avocado, and tomato. This comes with a side of fries or tots. Also, dive into the crispy fried buffalo cauliflower. Yes, I did say cauliflower, and yes, they are amazing. Crave Eats, downtown Spokane.
He's not. He's not. Well, the one no, he's the not. Show, he's no. not the answer either. No. But I mean, again, we're, you know, politi- politics. You can be brash in in checkers. Politics mm-hmm. is chess. You have to have finesse. And if you're gonna, you're There's not gonna, you're not gonna sure. win. You're not gonna win being brash. Uh, that's a, that's a losing game, well, and that's why America is losing right now. You know, now. when we had uh, when we had Bin Laden or not Bin Laden by uh, Obama. Obama. Okay, so when when Obama was in office, dude, that guy was smooth. You know, and uh, I actually was uh, I supported him, even though he's a Democrat and I'm you know Republican. Um, but, uh, you know, and so, you know, he was everything the country wanted and, and all that kind of stuff, but we got in major conflicts when we were with him and he did have diplomacy and he did have all the, he said all the right things. And so why did we get in these conflicts? Like maybe other countries didn't respect him. They didn't think that he would, you know, maybe, you know, like I think Trump was a little bit of a puffer fish, you know, like he gets after and some, what is a puffer fish? It's, it, it basically inflates itself. Why? To make itself intimidating That's right ego yeah. ego but uh, but that being said though what That's happened ego. though like no one no one challenged us and we didn't get in any conflicts because of it you know and so well we, I don't we're, know. we're still in like 18 conflicts well we, you like, know what I mean, yeah but that was Obama, not that's pro Obama that's pre- also adopted Trump. you know nine wars from bush from bush and yeah, then oil. and was trying to deal with them yeah. and then um, successfully on some unsuccessfully on others yeah um so i mean we're still in those conflicts those things didn't end the people just stopped talking about them you know we're we're still in like nine countries so like are we no i think we're like 40 like we're (laughs) literally in all of them like our 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 you know carbon my buddy jack just got deployed he's he's on his way to iraq right now yeah yeah, it's it's you know, I mean, it, those those things don't stop. People just stop talking about them. I agree. So you know, it's it's. Uh, I mean, we've been in the fucking, fucking well. I want to say the Middle East since '01, but we've been in there since like the '70s. So you know, I mean, Jesus Christ, that's a never-ending yep. war in the Middle East. Oh, yep. Dude. Yeah. We do. That's that's that just like a, at a certain point, you just gotta. Now cut you bait. had some political aspirations. You talked about it on on your podcast, the Social Hour. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about what you what you did. Uh, well, I um, well, I technically still am uh, running for mayor of Spokane in twenty twenty three. The you know, although this last year you know uh, set some things back for everyone. Um, Excuse me. I will still be on the ballot. Um, I don't. I'm trying to figure out how dedicated I'm going to be the, to that in the next two years until the election. Uh, there's a lot of things that have come up. One of them is, uh, me, uh, probably buying property in Costa Rica. And I don't know how, uh, Dude, that's <laughs> uh how long sick. I'm going to be in this country full time. Yeah, so, don't blame um, you. the, and that, um, that's again, not a for sure thing, but it, it, that's, uh, in the, in the cards. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I really want to, want to make change. I really want to do some things in Spokane. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's 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 just so up in the air right now as for what's what's happening. You know, to see if things open up, what we can start doing, how busy I'm going to be, yeah. um, and then also if I'm going to be able to be dedicated to being in Spokane for four years after that. Um, with everything, all the other projects I've developed and have going forward, and then this thing in uh, Costa Rica, it's kind of difficult to to say if that's going to be in the cards or not. Are you yeah. going to be able to? Are you going to be able to do what you do now with your podcast, your producing? Mm-hmm. You're going to be able to do all of that from there, away from everybody else, or are you bringing the band with you? Right? <laughs> oh, yeah. We're in Costa Rica, baby. Yeah. Well, so it's. You know, 
the I, what's going to happen, and again, this is not set in stone yet, but we I've got an opportunity with a some property down there, and I've been wanting to move to Costa Rica for God, fifteen years now, probably. Uh, it was it was always a matter of when, not if, you know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and, uh, the, it seems like good timing. Uh, we're going to, you know, this property is a good, a good investment and it's a great, everything about it's great. Uh, we're going to be opening kind of a, um, we, a retreat center. Uh, and then what we, uh, my, my significant other does life coaching and these retreats and stuff like that. So having a dedicated center and it'd probably be splitting time. So I do, you know, a couple months there, a couple months here, mm-hmm, a couple mm-hmm. months there. So, um, but I could do the podcast from there. All I need yeah. is internet. Um, I can do, I mean, I can do everything virtually. I do a lot of my show via zoom now anyway. Yeah. So as long as I get a high bandwidth, uh, internet, which depending on the area you're in is pretty easy to access in most of Costa Rica now. Uh, and especially once, Elon hooks up that Starlink. Oh, dude, man. We're yeah, gonna be fucking... Wi-Fi everywhere. <laughs> Woo, thanks, Elon. We'll be going full blast. So, is it on um, the water? The yeah, it's very close to the water. Uh-huh. Um, and again, not not a for sure thing, but it's we have this opportunity. We're trying to figure out if we want to move on it now. Yeah. Um, we're going down there for about a month in this this fall, um, and then we'll kind of probably see from there. Yeah, so. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, uh, if these other projects I'm doing get going, um, comedy may kind of become not the full-time gig anymore. Um, I've got a bunch of writing projects and things I'm working on that, uh, if I can get those things rolling, I'm, I'm more than happy to get into, um, a cheap or easily bought. Mm -hmm. I'll pivot to those and live in Costa Rica. That sounds way better. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. When, when you're writing jokes, how do you set... Where, when you're writing jokes, where does your tagline come from, or how do you how do you write up your? Um, I don't even know how to ask that question. Yeah. I should have thought about it first. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, how, well, how, do you, how do you write it, and then how do you? And the reason I'm asking this is because I want to ask about joke stealing. Sure. Okay. Oh, so yeah. that's why I'm because we're all dads. Okay, dad life. You can. Funniest shit comes from dad life. Yeah, sure. But everybody has talked about it. So how? Do, what's that line that you draw from not stealing, but you're making it your own? Um, well, first of all, I guess I'll answer the first question or uh, the first kind of question you were asking. It was half for, for me. That's all right. I got you. They, for, for me, uh, I during the day or if I'm driving around, um, you know, whatever I'm doing, I rant. I rant to myself constantly. I'm, oh, I'm always yeah. talking out loud and. I have these ideas. Some of them are like more philosophical. Some are just ridiculous shit I'm talking to myself about. Um, and if something makes me laugh, I'll write it down or I'll record. Yeah. I'll talk, I'll notes into my phone, mm-hmm. uh, you know, just talk to text notes. And then I'll start, you know, I'll work though that kind of idea into more of a joke structure sentence. And then I'll take that stage, expand on it, write a little, uh, say it a couple times, get it on its feet. You know, you have to say it a couple times, figure out the wording, and then get in, in front of a couple audiences mm-hmm. and see if it works. Um, and that's kind of how I write. Uh, so I know some guys uh, that will, they're like, I sit down every day from 10 to 1130 and I write in my notebook sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing comes out. Sometimes eight pages comes out. And I'm like, you're a fucking psychopath. <laughs> Fuck that shit. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I would be... 
so goddamn mad if I sat in front of my notebook for an hour and a half and nothing came out. I'd be like, fuck, I could have been doing so much shit. Yeah. So when I'm inspired, I write and then I try it. And, you know, you'll write 10 minutes of stuff. Sometimes you keep nine minutes. Sometimes you keep one minute of it. Mm -hmm. You know, it just depends on how it goes. Because there's still, there's jokes that I've written that I love and tickle the shit out of me every mm-hmm. time I read them. Mm-hmm. And I have never been able to get them to work on stage. It yeah. is just the, you know, the, just your personality as opposed to others, you know? Or... Yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. It's personality. It's also, uh, it's also skill level. I mean, even doing this for, you know, off and on now for almost 15 years, you, you still do get better. Meaning like there's jokes that, uh, I wrote, five years ago that I wasn't good enough to tell at the time. Okay. They just, I couldn't, I didn't have the technical skill to land that joke yet. Mm-hmm. And now I've gone back and tried those jokes mm-hmm. and now they work. And I'm like, Oh, I'm just better at yeah. doing comedy. Yeah. You know? So you end up knowing how to deliver that joke or you, Oh, I'll change this word or I'll rearrange this or mm-hmm. I'll, you know, timing. Um, and, and just, yeah, timing and just more confidence. And just, mm-hmm. you just end up knowing how to sell it or, you wrote a different joke and now there's more context or it just rolls something, you know? So there's all those, those factors. Um, as for like joke stealing, um, that's a difficult, that's a difficult topic because, um, you know, like you said, your, your dad's, there's a bunch of funny shit happen, but like, I don't know, man, it's like, you know, like they say, uh, what do they say? Point Break was the last original movie ever made. Yeah. Like, you know, there's just no, there's no original ideas anymore. Like no one's going to have a concept that no one's ever thought of. Yeah. Um, and as in, you know, you people always talk about, ah, oh, you got to have your own original take. It's like, yeah, you can't copy someone else's material, but some shit's going to sound kind of Redundant. familiar sometimes. Yeah. Some yeah. shit's going to kind you know, um, the biggest thing is like, as long as it's not intentional or you're doing, you know, I, mm-hmm. I think, um, but, uh, it does happen. I've certainly heard people tell jokes and mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh, that's that sounds totally awfully familiar. Yeah. yeah like, yeah. like, I mean, oh, too familiar. Um, yeah. But, uh, and, and sometimes, you know, when it's intentional or, you know, or like, oh, like that's a meme, dude, you're telling a meme, yeah. you know, that's on the internet. Everyone, like some guy told this joke about at open mic, like, uh, I went, uh, I had sex while I, my girlfriend and I went camping and we had sex. It was fucking intense. You know, and I'm like, yeah, dude, that's a fucking me. That's, that's me. Great. Yeah. That's well, like, you know, if you cite your source, though, it's a... probably okay. You know, like, like, like my man, White, you know, Ron White says, you know, or whatever, drunk in public, you know, or something. I imagine that you can steal something if you cite your source. Well, and if you do it correctly with that skill, like you're talking about, you can make a a previous joke funny, uh, cite your source, and be funny yourself. Probably, it's it's really kind of a uh, it's it's very taboo to tell anyone else's material on stage, even if you're citing something. Oh, okay. Like I really, didn't know that. really you're. Cause um, I think I would think that you're going to hit them, you know? So like, let's just say you have a big joke. It's funny. And the best part of it is maybe someone else's joke. 
you're actually going to bring light to their old material, which is probably going to start getting hits on them. So yeah, I think I, I would imagine. I don't think it works that way. Yeah, it well, I, you know what, I would be like, dude, if some guy is like, he made a funny joke, he cited me, and it seems like we're boys, I'd be like, dude, like I just got a thousand more hits on all of my shit because of you. <laughs> yeah, Thanks, buddy. Keep telling my shit because I'm, you know, I'm over in Costa Rica not working at all. <laughs> you're kind of getting like, but you're, you're, you're piggybacking laughs off someone else's joke. I mean, honestly, anyone who's, I wouldn't a, make anyone a, who's a real, that. anyone who's a real comic also like would feel not feel good about that yeah like you don't feel good about those laughs you're like yeah. oh god that's dirty you yeah. know that's something yeah. else. like i've even said things that sounded close to something another comic said and i didn't even realize it till after the show and i'm like oh god now i feel gross <laughs> like i hope no one noticed yeah. oh and that's gonna yeah. that's just like it's just a weird feeling because you want to you know yeah there's some comics you know like chris rock and shit has like writers now Mm-hmm. And when when you're at that level, um, really, someone's paying to see Chris Rock. They don't give a fuck about if he wrote it or not. They just want to see Chris Rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know, Chris Rock was a funny enough guy. He's uh-huh. fucking great comedian and wrote hours of his own material. Of course. Now he's just like he's, uh, he's, he's just a, he's uh, an icon. Yeah, he's got minions. So yeah, so like the it's a little different. I'm like I personally, I'm like I don't know. I don't know if I could ever see myself wanting to do someone else's material. But then I'm like. Oh wait! If someone offered me, if someone backed up a Brinks truck full of money <laughs> yeah. and it bumped into another Brinks truck uh-huh. full of money, yeah. and they dropped it on my doorstep, yeah, yeah. I'd fucking do it. Yeah, like exactly. you write any tell me what you want, want me to read. Yeah, dude. Like, well, it also it takes the uh, like the pressure off you. You could literally enjoy your life, be wherever you want to be, and then you just show up the day before work. They're like, "Hey, read this," and you're like. <laughs> Make a few changes here and there, and it yeah. almost, you know it's it's a weird and maybe it, not how you started though. Yeah, it's a weird. It's a very uh, it's a very nebulous yeah nebulous thing. I think that most comics though really like I even have a hard time. Like other comics have given me jokes like, "Hey, this seems like more your style." I'm mm-hmm. like, eh. I'm like, I don't know. I've tried them, and I'm like, it's not that they're bad jokes. I just I feel dirty yeah doing something someone else wrote and that says yeah. a lot because i have no morals and have done a lot of horrible things <laughs> oh yeah, yeah yeah so the uh, <laughs> uh doing lines and banging nines man yeah. what are you i don't do? know this nines thing you keep talking about me I, I haven't seen you're in moses lake there's not a nine hey, hey first of all we keep it very low our expectations yeah. very low check yeah low self-esteem check hey, all right listen, let's you go. gotta you gotta plow a four to appreciate nate that's true i mean you they're know. like mopeds you know like they're fun to ride but you don't go bragging your friends about it you know <laughs> you don't go paste post it on facebook yeah, that's the difference between you guys i'll fucking tell all my friends i rode a moped that's just fun as fuck dude <laughs> you guys guess what you guys can ride it too right after me we can ride yeah, at the same time absolutely. even mopeds Woo! are fucking you can do whatever this you great want time, baby. Eiffel Brothers. tower <laughs> So I, I have actually, and I didn't know it. I've used one of your jokes. Oh, oh I thank was listen, you. I was listening to the Social Hour podcast. Dude, he just talked. He hates that. Okay. No, that's it's, it's different if you're not a comedian. I that's didn't know. I did it well before I heard this, though. I didn't uh, know it was no, yours. Oh, so it's the Instagram one. You have some fucking Karen that's saying, "Oh, you're a terrible human. You know, your jokes nice. suck." Well, you think you're a model on Instagram, oh, but yeah, you know, absolutely. I've like, used that one, yeah, and then yeah, I heard it. And I was like, myself. "Oh, so maybe I heard it before, and, mm-hmm. and I got it from you." So now mm-hmm. I give credit to you. No, for thank that. you, but, thank yeah. you. Yeah, that, I, and again, that maybe maybe was an original thought of mine. I mean, I'm sure other people have had that thought too. That's the, and that's the thing. I a lot of people like. There's people out there in the comedy world who are like 
fucking deputize themselves as like the comedy police. Uh-huh. Oh like, yeah. I'm on the, the I'm on the I'm on the case. If mm-hmm. someone mm-hmm. if I think you're you still said a joke that's almost like something someone else said. And yeah, well no me no me I'm just like I don't know man. I don't give a shit. Like I'm not going to I don't care if you are the type of comic where you are stealing other people's material, you're going to get found out. Like that, that's not going to last. Um I hate I hate to tell you guys, but like every comic in America is like two comics removed from knowing every single other comic. And that's top to bottom, open mic or all the way up to the highest paid comic you can think of. Mm -hmm. Like I have Whitney Cummings phone number in my phone, you know, like like, I know, I know that's like people like that. Like I know those are people I know I've worked with, you know, and, um, and I'm in fucking nobody. So like those people know me. Yeah. Uh, so like that's the type of thing where you're gonna get found out and someone's mm-hmm. gonna know. There's a, people are s- savvy enough, um, and there's times too. Like the nice thing about comics is they're good at sniffing out bullshit. Yeah, and if someone tells a joke that is out of that person's wheelhouse, you're like, like I've heard people tell jokes. And I'm like. That's not your fucking. That's not. That's <laughs> that's not a joke you'd write. Like I know the material you write. I know what you say. Like you, those aren't words you would use. Um, and then you always find out. Like yeah, that was a fucking. That's an on. That's a joke online yeah. or someone. Or got that's someone else's joke or that's you know what Theo Vaughn's joke or whatever. Who knows? But it, you can you can always tell. It's gonna get it's gonna get found out eventually. Yeah, yeah. I've yeah. written uh, papers in college. Yeah, and then pass that along to the next semester group sure and then i get a phone call why did you give this paper to chat oh, yeah i totally got busted for that one no, i didn't give it to him i wanted him to use it as a reference yeah. so that he knew what to do and he fucking copied the whole thing and mm. turned it in with She's his like, name i on didn't that. give it to you him never give your buddy a <laughs> paper they don't even him. change God, your name yeah, you think i gave oh, it to him for free that's fucking my <laughs> Yeah. I, don't, I don't know I what happened there, Teach. I had a friend use one of my papers, and I kid you not, he changed his name, but not the date. No, and he no, turned no. in my exact deal. And I'm just like, anyways, like, I got a little bit of trouble for it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. All right, now you guys are just bragging you went to college. All right, again. <laughs> first of all, we went Christ. to community yeah. college. We went I went to community, community college. college, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh. What, uh, what, how are you rebounding from? I mean, obviously, you went over it, and you're starting your shows again. You got the podcast and stuff. How? What? What motivated you from 2021 or 2020 to make 2021 better? Well, it was, uh, you know, I was at a kind of a crot, not a crossroads, like a really nice point. And for that's the hardest thing is I was at the point where, like, um, I was a draw and I was headlining shows as a draw um, and basically producing 90% of the shows I was doing. I produce myself. Now um, I have a bunch of rooms in the Northwest that I run and book. And um, so I was, I have the luxury of like not really having to work for clubs, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, secrets out. If you can't if you don't, if you can produce all your own shows and not work for clubs, you're going to make a lot more money in comedy. Okay. Um, so, or I mean, just work for clubs, everyone. Don't do your own shows. It makes no money. Exactly. I, I'm broke. Yeah, I'm broke. Yeah. 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 yeah I'm fucking sucking dick for rent. Yeah, absolutely. Don't fucking, <laughs> don't, yeah, don't, yeah. uh, you know, the, uh, so that, 
is is kind of a little bit of a setback. People who are on that were on that bubble and we're we're you know we're moving to the next plateau. Um, we're because everyone got bumped down. You know, everyone got bumped down a rung. You know, where you have guys like Brian Regan who was mm-hmm. selling out fucking soccer stadiums two yeah. years ago now is doing, you know, fucking the chuckle hut in Oklahoma city for, you know, uh, 200 people. Why? Because he's got a fucking, you know, he's got three mansions and a fucking Coke habit probably. Yeah. So he's got to oh. pay, he's got to pay for it. So he's like, dude, I gotta, I can't, I gotta make money. I haven't been able to perform for a year. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if fucking Regan's doing the chuckle hut, they don't give a shit about me now. Uh, and that, that's the problem is everyone who was kind of at that level is, is moved down because everyone moved, everyone got bumped down. Um, and everyone's more desperate to do stuff. Um, again, I, I kind of have a luxury cause I produce my own shows. Um, it is still more difficult though. Cause you know, what do I do? I, uh, you know, we're at 25% capacity, maybe 50. Um, so that's half the people. Um, you know, I, I usually do door deals cause I'm willing to take a gamble that I'm going to sell places out. Um, and I'll make more money that way. You know, when I was younger, you take flat fees just to guarantee to get some money. Now I'm like, no, I'll gamble on myself. I'll make the money. Yeah. I mean, I'll sell the tickets. I don't care. And make, you know, make all the money. Um, <laughs> And, uh, but you know, all the money is half the money now or 25% of the money. And if I have other comics on shows or I'm booking shows, it's like, well, do I, now I gotta, you you know, I don't want to pay them less. Mm -hmm. You know, I may, I don't want to, cause we kind of, the Northwest kind of, uh, in a sense, like unionized a couple of years ago. Uh, no, no, I can say a couple years ago, like six, seven years ago, they kind of unionized unofficially and created an industry standard of what people should get paid for, for shows minimum. And, um, I try to pay above minimum, at least in all my shows, just cause I think I understand what it's like to be a road comic coming up. Uh, margins can be slim at times. So I want to make it a little easier if I can. Um, and now it's like, well, shit, everything's slim. So do I charge 75% more for a fucking ticket? You know, mm-hmm. do I charge $40 a ticket instead of 10 just so I can make up that money? Or like, where, yeah. where's that, you know, I mean, everyone's losing. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, there's some challenges, but it's it's coming along. I mean, I've already got bookings. Uh, you know, I've got April 3rd. April 3rd. Yeah, April Ooh. 3rd. Thank you at the Black Diamond. Uh, and that's Ooh. actually going to be a great show. And that room i'm going to be doing shows there basically every other week um for the next few months we're doing them twice a month and then we're going ideally we're going to try to move to doing um every weekend starting in july um and i think we can do it so hopefully people come out and support it's a great room i've got comics uh from la to new york uh seattle to florida coming up to do shows there mm-hmm. um so we've got a lot of comics uh from all over the country that are going to be performing at that room uh it's not always just going to be me don't worry guys mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah it's um you know so but yeah again you know i produce my own shows so i mean i've got stuff booked through the end of the year already i mean i've got stuff in northwest uh oklahoma city uh fucking uh texas uh florida new york i mean i've got stuff around uh the country booked through the end of the year so are you 
you and as well as a lot of other comedians made comics, did their bookings. Are you 50-50 if you're going to be able to do them? Or how do, how do you feel emotionally when, you know, like we opened up to 50%, well, we will on the 22nd. Yeah. What if we go back down? Or oh, what if man. you make a reservation in Minnesota and they go, no, fuck that, yeah. no more no more gatherings. Yeah. How, how do you handle that? That's, I mean, I think, I think everyone is kind of of the mind. We understand if it's a government regulation that we can't, uh, that it's out of kind of force majeure, you know, out of our hands, God's in God's hands or whatever. They just kind of, uh, not what you can do. It's not like they're canceling just to cancel or cause they hate you or whatever. They didn't sell enough tickets. They just, it's, they can't. Um, so that, that I understand. I don't think, I think if we tried to roll back again, people would revolt. Oh, I think yeah. at this point where people, people did it, they did it for a year yeah. and they're not doing it anymore. Um, and you know, honestly, I don't, I don't, I mean, with the vaccine and blah, 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 what, however you feel about it, you know, whether it works or doesn't, whatever mm. the virus real or not, it, I think we're at a point where like, we're just people are, we're going to be open. I don't mm. see going back down. Um, so I'm not that worried about it. I'm actually kind of hopeful yeah. that we're going to be moving forward. Yeah. This 50% well, capacity is great. We really need to. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, like from a nurse's standpoint, the whole reason we did these restrictions and lockdowns were not to like, we were to slow the spread of the virus, not stop it. You can't stop a virus. It will, yeah. it's just going to continue, but to slow it. And the reason why to slow it is, you know, save lives. But uh, the big one was to not overwhelm the healthcare system. Yeah. And there was a brief moment, a very brief moment where we were overwhelmed. But like, you know, we do. We're Americans. We freaking buff up and all that kind of stuff. And I'm, I'll am i be honest with you. For, it, like COVID is the best thing that ever happened to me financially. And it, it, like other than the very first two months, which was fairly traumatic, um, you know, or just it was just hard. Um, but after that, it's just like things just got better. And so... I don't know. Yeah. 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 I mean, I think, I think we're going to be, we're moving in the right direction for whatever, whatever the reason is, um, we can all speculate, (laughs) but we, we are. And, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't see it kind of rolling, uh, back, um, you know, certainly not to zero. Uh, and you know, I, I think we're, I think it'll be okay. So mask mandates going to stay. Yeah, stuff like that, and, and and whatever it sucks, uh, but that that's I'll take it if we can have people out again. Yeah. Um, and the yeah. vaccine, hopefully, you know, it doesn't turn us into zombies, <laughs> and uh, you know, hopefully, like it has some herd immunity type stuff. And you know, like, again, like you know, I've watched uh, what is it? I am Legend. So yeah. you know, like <laughs> hopefully that shit doesn't happen. No, I, I I had COVID. I'm not worried about it. Yeah, we had good. it at the same time. I was going to bring that yeah. up. Because I had it over Thanksgiving. Okay. I had the two days where we had stomach flu symptoms. Yeah. And then was feeling better. Mm-hmm. And then I woke up one morning, lost the smell. Yeah. And you lost taste. Yeah. Yep. And that was Thanksgiving week. And I felt great. Oh, you couldn't taste anything on Thanksgiving? Ah, uh, uh, that's the worst. I could smell Okay. Yeah. Uh, okay. I just... So I spent, I spent Thanksgiving here, yeah. made my own dinner. Dude, <laughs> yeah. I was... Yeah. I've been alone for Thanksgiving too, man. You should have called me, brother. But you yeah. were talking about that on the on the Social Hour podcast, yeah. And I was like, "Fuck that!" Same thing happened to me. Yeah, <laughs> it was nothing. It was nothing. I mean, I I it wasn't a matter of if it was just when I knew I was going to get it because I never stopped traveling. 
Like <laughs> I, the, uh, you know, mid April, I went down to like Vegas. Well, the hotel was, rooms were open at that yeah, point. Well, and like I got a, and then I got a car and I was just traveling around the desert. I got a buddy who's out in like Palm Desert, Joshua Tree area, stayed out there for a few weeks and then just like cruised up and down the, the coast, you know, and uh, did a bunch of photography, went into, you know, Bend and Portland, Seattle. And like, I was gone for a couple of weeks and, um, I just kept, I went to Denver one time for a few weeks, just traveling. And I was like, fuck it, dude. I'd rather die living my life than, than live my life feeling like I'm dead. Um, so yeah, you know, that was with your boots on, man. Yeah, That's kind of the the gamble I was willing to take. And, um, I got it. I knew I was going to, and, uh, it, it was fine. I mean, I get it. It was bad for some people. Uh, I feel bad for anyone who, uh, genuinely, died of it yeah uh you know but uh it wasn't you know the thing is the problem is <laughs> america doesn't want the news right they want the news right now so you know they they, they also want what makes you feel good well so we we get the news of like here comes covid uh it's gonna kill half the population everyone's going to know someone who dies of covid we have to lock down for two weeks maybe it'll go away but it's going to be super deadly yeah and then two weeks goes comes and goes two weeks which obviously i think we all knew it wasn't going to be two weeks like mm-hmm. that's just because they couldn't have told us two, two yeah. months yeah, two weeks what but saying. what yeah. was that movie the i don't think about it but yeah two weeks but if, know, they, if weeks. they told us like two months off the, the bat money, people money would have freaked out yep. so they had to like ease us in um but like the, once the information started coming back that it wasn't what they thought it was, they wouldn't change. They're like, they had to save face and couldn't yeah. change yeah. the, inf- couldn't change that, in. that idea that like, this is the worst thing ever. It's like, it, it didn't become what we thought it was going to be. Can't we all adjust and ma- see like, okay, like we may, we had precautions. Yeah. Uh, we better to err on the side of caution, but now we know it's not going to be that. So we should make some adjustments and yeah. we never did that. Mm-hmm. We, we just stuck with that initial reaction. It dried mm-hmm. in cement and it's that forever. Yeah. You know, well, I know flu is uh, like, again, I'm an ER nurse. I've been kind of on the front lines literally since the beginning. And, uh, you know, the flu has pretty much been eradicated, you know, with what we've been doing with social social Thank isolation. Thank God COVID killed the and, flu. Well, <laughs> I mean, absolutely. Ass. But, you know, I think, again, just, uh, you know, the isolation, the closures, uh, the mask wearings, uh, you know, it'd be curious to see what the statistics uh, show us in the next year or two as we kind of like try to move back to normal. I don't think we're going to go back to normal completely. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm curious to see how things go. You well, know? the problem, the problem is. <laughs> it's, you know, and I'm not a fucking Scientologist or scientist Scientists. or Scientologist or, Scientologist. or okay. you know, virologist or epidemiologist or any of these things. Yeah. But there yeah. is one thing I will tell you, and that is that, like, we are not smarter than nature Correct. and we can't outscience nature. Agree. So, like, you can try to hide everyone. Um, these things mm-hmm. are eventually going to kill people. They're just going to get more like we've yeah. seen it. This virus is already getting more aggressive and mutating and killing people faster with uh, deadlier strains because like nature is doing what it's supposed to do, which is about every hundred years. It's like, we knock a lot of y'all out. Sorry. Oh, well, like, absolutely. Spanish you know, flu, you know, yeah. hundreds, you know, millions of people. Yeah. And they don't, you know, we can, we can hide people, but eventually it's, they're going to get got. Eventually you're going to get got y'all, yeah. you know, and yeah. there's no way around it. We can't hide everyone forever. Uh, so we just kind of yeah. have to deal with that fact. And uh, it's, it's, 
you know, that's just the way it is. It's called it's, price of admission, you know, to an extent. I'd say, the, you know, what's that movie uh, um, with Tom Cruise where the aliens, uh, you know, invade? Risky Business. No. I the, love that the, movie. I don't remember. <laughs> the War of the Worlds where the yeah. aliens invaded, you know, the you know our world and they're killing everybody. And next, you know, about a month in, all the aliens are dying from the viruses and stuff that are here. There's a cost of admission yeah. to an extent, like, you know, when it comes to natural selection and all that kind of things, uh, you know, you have to, you know, only the strong survive, you know, uh, and, uh, you know, let's just be real. Americans are more unhealthy now than they ever have been. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we eat crap and we do this and do that. We're, you know, we're sitting around. And so, I mean, at the end of the day, and also with uh, the the world there's a overpopulation they say the, oh, what's God, the yeah. tops out at 9 billion Jesus, although even that insane. i think that we can go beyond that and so we do need to relax a little bit but um well i mean what do they say we only have about 60 years left of to- usable topsoil and shit like that though man that's the who problem who the fuck is saying that shit like that's crazy you know well you can only replant the, you'd see that the, the the monocrop system is is not a good system that that completely destroys uh ecosystems and the, in the uh mm-hmm. soil because it 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 doesn't replenish in the way with different nutrients and stuff that it's supposed to yeah. with multiple crops so mm-hmm. this monocrop large agriculture system mm-hmm. is very much uh, uh, killing the topsoil, and guess what? That's one thing they don't make more of land. Uh, that's we can make anything. Yeah. We can't fucking but make. Bill land. Gates is buying it up. Yeah. he knows that. Well, yeah. and everybody's expanding out, yeah. right? But you know what? And, and so, like, it, what I think about is, I really think about government and stuff. And like, we have this obvious problem where we are run out of land. We do have this uh, these soil issues and this issues, and it's like, why are why isn't the government like pushing like healthy living? Sustainability. Yeah, that is crazy. So you know what, guys? Like, instead of having a stupid ass backyard with this, it's not like, dude. Let's really get back to the basics. Let's have a garden. Let's have this. Let's teach you how to do, poly- yeah. you know, cross pollination. Yeah, exactly right. And so, well, at the, I mean, at the end of the day, I don't even want to hear anything from anyone when it says to global warming or blah blah blah, because no one is preaching, you know, uh, smaller living, learning how to kind of, you know, again, you know, your backyard, you could turn your backyard and you can literally live off your own, you know, like produce and stuff, you know? And so we're not going that direction. Of course, you know, McDonald's are going up everywhere and Hey, have a shot. It's going to save you from COVID. Meanwhile, we're obese. We're fat. (laughs) We're freaking diabetic, you know? And I'm just like, I don't want to hear it. Uh, (laughs) The government is failed us when it comes to, you know, the food that we eat, uh, the content which we watch and read, you know, they're fucking with our education. They're fucking with our food. Uh, it's just a like. Well, our education system isn't even a genuine education no. system. It's based off an antiquated German system that was designed to make, uh, basically, basically make people who will fall in line with your uh, economic system and just be good workers. That's all it's designed for. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's not It's not actually an education system. If they really wanted to educate us, they would do things like, they don't need to teach trigonometry to every kid. They need to teach them how to make a fucking garden in yeah. the home, how to, yeah. how to fucking, what a goddamn FICO score is. Mm-hmm. You know, things mm-hmm. you know things like yeah, that absolutely. are important life skills, you know. Balance a checkbook, you know, and... Like home ec has been removed from. Yeah, they don't teach home ec you know, anymore. Shop. Yeah. This at you know like the, honestly I think but here's the deal is we need to be taught how to be productive members of society. It's our job to become educated when it comes to like thought and like oh I want to talk about being like pansexual and blah 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 whatever the fuck you know like the government and all that so they teach us how to read do math 
basic skills. Here's how to do, you know, like after that, dude, like higher education, you want to free your mind. You want to learn about something else. Like that's on you, the government. We need to pull back a little bit on the social sciences and all that stuff. Like they, you know, I don't want my children learning, you know, any of the stuff that, you know, a lot of that stuff that's kind of, you know, they're pushing on nowadays. And so I don't know. We, we need to become more, we do need to become industrial because, you know, I do believe that human beings, um, you know, before uh, farming and agriculture and all that kind of stuff, we were hunter gatherers. We were constantly working. We we're constantly running. We didn't have, you know, can- the cancers. We didn't have diabetes and all the health, you know, hypertension and stuff. Like we were lean means like literally killing machines. Uh, you know, now like we got nothing to do. We get fat and we're depressed and we're complaining about everything and we're not actually like doing so. Well, I mean, it's like, uh, it's a bit, it's essentially like a snake eating its own tail at a certain point because we do, we do, we need purpose. Mm -hmm. Um, the Mm -hmm. people who are spinning out the most are the ones that like don't have purpose, don't feel, they feel rudderless. I mean, so many kids now, I mean, I know so many people with kids that are getting to like driving age mm-hmm. or even into their twenties. And they're like, I'm like, Hey, you, you know, you got your license or, you no. know, what are you getting a car? I'm like, no, I don't even know how to drive. I'm like, oh, what a loser, dude, I, like, dude. You know, the day I could, was old enough to drive. I was at the Boom. DMV on your birthday, you know, yeah. that was the, but now they're like, ah, I don't know. I don't care. Just no desire or to do yeah. a, anything yeah. like that. It's just very, uh, you know, they just, and that's, that's part of the anxiety and the depression because mm-hmm. I always say like, it's, it's, it's like this when you, you know, like astronauts in space, mm-hmm. when they're in space for a long time, um, their muscles start to atrophy because yeah. there's no pressure no on gravity. Them. There's no gravity. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like life is like that for everyone now because, yeah. you know, we're all in climate controlled houses. We have cruise control cars. We have f- f- fucking Uber Eats delivers to our house. Um, you know, everything is just, just automated and there's no yeah. struggle. Yeah. So, I mean, even when I was, when we were kids, People who are poor, like, didn't have a TV or some people didn't have a fridge. Like, you you can, even someone who's poor now can afford a big screen TV Dude, or can afford, yeah. has a smartphone, yeah. you know, has a they car. And, um, and so there's no struggle at all anymore. So now people live in these, like realities with no gravity. Mm-hmm. And when there's no friction, they're just starting to like make up ideas. atrophy they make you know? up ideas too of well, how bad their life is you know right well everything seems bad because you don't you don't have real adversity that you're yeah. you're facing against you know yeah. um and that's that's kind of part of the problem we're, we're running into now people mm-hmm. need to have something purpose. That, that yeah some sort of purpose something that, something that feels heavy and feels hard you know we are problem solving creatures we are still just mm-hmm. fucking animals yeah. and our instinct is to try to survive and if everything's just given to us and handed then all of a sudden there's no struggle to survive um not that i want people to be poor i don't think that there should be some expectation of uh health care and things like that for people in this country but we do have to have some some uh you know desire to provide i did a podcast with jacob miller uh Mm -hmm. owner of crave eats drinks nightlife downtown Mm -hmm. um we talked about the bar business and and the weaker chain, the weaker links of the chain had fallen off and yeah. now they need to, you know, come up with a new business model. What do you feel as a, as a comedian, is that work the same way as a bar? Your weaker comedians kind of fall off and gives an opportunity to new ones. 
Um, you mean like in general or in the in pandemic? In general. Well, the pandemic. And I'm sure a lot of people became frustrated. Now I got to fucking find something else to do. I got a family to feed. Uh, you know, well, I mean, the reality is there's, I think a lot of comedians have some sort of side gig um, where they, it's either another part-time job or they have some sort of like, a lot of guys who are ex-military who just have, like, you know, their military pension, so they're still getting some money. Yeah. Uh, so they can still live, you know. Um, it's not like comedy. I mean, for me, comedy is a full-time job. Like, I don't have another job. I haven't had another job in a long time. Like, I mean, I do writing and producing a podcast and other entertainment-type stuff, but it's all, you know, kind of under the same umbrella. Um, the, you know, we – I don't think a lot of comics – there wasn't a lot of attrition during this time. Um, there was some, some people were a little disheartened. There's some people who probably just decided it was too difficult to get back on the merry-go-round. Um, especially, I mean, I think it depends on where they were in their career, which is generous to call this any, this a career. Uh, <laughs> but like if they were nowhere, mm-hmm just people who do open mics occasionally. Well, then they didn't lose anything. They didn't lose any jobs. They didn't lose any setbacks. No, they didn't have a following or fans. So I'll just go back to the open mics again and keep drinking and telling dick jokes. Yeah. So like what, oh, they didn't lose anything. Um, and then the higher end people who, you, you know, you're whatever, like Bert Kreischer, Tom Segura, whoever you want to name, who's like a, been a, you know, bigger name comic. They're fine. They're doing other stuff. They've got special money. They're they're gonna they're gonna get work as soon as things open back up. Um, the biggest attrition was probably a people around like my level, where you're you know you're making a living at it, but uh, maybe you had to go get another job during this time. It's like, wow, do you go back to grinding and trying to make a paycheck and all this work every month? Um, or do you do you quit and just call it be like, man, it just didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a couple people that did, but and, and there's probably a ton I did I don't know that did too. But um, I mean, if you're kind of at that point, man, it's hard to give it up. If you're at that point where you're near or almost making a, enough money out of it, um, it'd be I feel like it'd be really hard to stop, man. You're so deep into it. Is you're it a lot like being an indie wrestler? You know, back you know, in my you're indie out wrestling days, you're, <laughs> you know, you're wrestling every day. Probably, yeah. You're making twenty bucks a show. Yeah, well, um, yeah. I mean, these, you know, luckily I'm I'm long past the twenty bucks a show day, uh, but I was there. I've been there, and I I get it. Like that's the you know when you're when it's your passion, you're you're probably gonna keep going, you know, and try to make that other, just go for the next thing and keep doing it. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, when you love it, you, <laughs> it's hard to give up, Yeah, you know, so it's like heroin that way. It's hard to give up. I've got, I've got two other questions yeah. left. No, go for it, man. Your comic book. Yeah. You do a, you do a comic book podcast. Yes. The dollar bin. Dollar bin podcast. Dollar bin yeah. Podcast. New episodes every Friday. And then tell us a little bit about that. Um, so I am a huge comic book fan. I always have been, I think it's a really interesting medium. Uh, there's like, you know, everyone kind of, everyone's seen the Marvel movies and stuff and kind of has that idea of comic books But man, it is a deep, uh, genre that does not get enough credit for storytelling. There's some amazing Mm -hmm. stories told in comic books that have nothing to do with, 
you know, your superheroes or people in spandex and stuff like that. You can tell any story in a comic book format. Um, and I have always been a fan. I mean, you know, I was, uh, a fan of, you know, I've always, I superhero stuff when I was a kid too, but grew into, you know, more, um, advanced themes in the genre. And over this last year, I had some extra free time and I'm like, I started going through some old stuff I had and started ordering some trade paperbacks online of collected editions I wanted to read. And I'm like, I'm spending this money and this time reading this. I'm like, I should, I don't want to talk about it and do like a niche podcast. I'm like, I'll start doing this show where I like review dollar bin comic books. Like there's always like a dollar bin or when I was a kid, it was a quarter bin, uh, at, inflation yeah i know right man <laughs> shit i was my income didn't go up 75 percent in the last <laughs> fucking 10 years uh the, uh so i'm like the, there's you know i go to the dollar bin i grab some you know old comics ones that were popular like when i was a kid and are just shit comics now but i'll go and read them and talk about if they were if they're really a dollar bin comic if they deserve that rep or maybe they were a good book and there's some hidden gems in there mm-hmm. uh and review some different stuff and uh yeah it's been fun it's actually been getting a great response uh got a uh sponsorship for the show now shout out to blue spot comics mm-hmm. uh that you can find it at blue spot comics on instagram and uh facebook but uh they're an online uh, store for comic books, uh, back issues, vintage Star Wars toys, gaming equipment, and more. Uh, so check them out. Um, tell them I sent you. If you if you tell them Dollar Bin sent you, you get an extra ten percent off your order too. Uh, shameless plug. Shameless plug. <laughs> That's all right. I, I do that all the time. <laughs> Absolutely. Throw it uh, in. Got to make a living. But uh, yeah, it's been great. It's been it's been you, you know the nice thing. So the thing about the Social Hour, my main show that I've been doing for like seven years now, is it's it's just a general talk show. Uh, I have guests. We interview. We do some comedy. It's changed a little over the years. It used to have you know a producer and a uh, you know a news anchor girl, and we'd have different guests on in segments. Now it's generally just me one on one with someone, and it's kind of changed a little. I like that. I can do long form interviews with people and really dig in with them, and I, it's fun. Um, but that type of show is harder to grow an audience with. Because the, you know, it's just, it's so general. Whereas the Dollar Bin podcast is so niche, you know, you have a built-in audience of people who like comic books. It's easier to build an audience faster. Um, So, you know, I've been wanting to do a more niche show and it's just something I loved. And yeah, kind of all came together. And What did you grow up reading? I was a huge X-Men fan as a kid. Um, although I always say, like, I, I think this is my, the, the Catholic in me. Uh, we're not good enough for X-Men. I was like the D-list X, like X-Factor, X-Cal, like the, 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 you know, the shitty offshoot teams. Those were my favorite things because, you know, we weren't, we weren't good enough for X-Men. Uh, we don't do that. That's for, that's for, you know, Christians. Uh, we're Catholic. We have guilt. We don't get to do the good things. Um, so yeah, that was my big that was my biggest nerd stuff as a kid. I had uh G.I. Joe's. Oh nice. Uh so that was the comic book that I yeah that I followed along with when I could. I got two dollars allowance. Okay. One had to go into a jar, <laughs> one I could either save or spend. Yeah. So matchbox cars at that time, you could get two of them for a dollar, or else I'd save them up and then get a transformer that I wanted. So I had all of the original transformers. Damn, dude, you need to get, do you have any of them? So you no, can sell for a lot of money. that box got lost oh. in the move from Montana over to Clarkston, Washington. Damn. Yeah. So, and then you get on eBay now. 
like the original Optimus Prime yeah. is like fifteen hundred bucks. Oh man, I, I know. I just sold uh, a bunch of stuff, all my old uh, original Star Wars stuff, and I made a shit ton of money off of it because I'm like, God, this doesn't sit in my garage for years, boxed up, and I'm like, I'm never gonna look at it again. It just has this weird sentimental value, but I don't need it. So I just put it, yeah, I put it on eBay and sold it. And, uh, oh my God, dude, that shit went so fast. I bet. Um, it's crazy the money people pay for this stuff. With all the nerds, all the kids who grew up in a, when we were young, oh. you know, they, they're, they got money now. They're all older with money. <laughs> oh, hell they're yeah. They're all engineers. They're the world yeah, now, they're man. trying to rebuild yeah. their childhood. I'm like, fuck it, dude. I get it. Yep. Go here, here, here. Oh, I got yeah. a box yeah, for you. I got some old yeah. G.I. Joe still in their packages, man. I'm be yeah, making all kinds of money. Hell yeah, dude. That shit's. Last thing I have for yeah. you is you are producing a bunch of shows. You're hosting shows now. Yes. Who are some up and coming up and coming comics that we need to watch out for? Uh, mm. Rob Wentz. Um, shout out to my boy Rob Wentz. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna make him tell you that I gave him his start. Uh, it's not necessarily <laughs> true, but I've given him a lot of breaks. Uh, no, he's he so. I don't pay a lot of attention to open mics anymore because I'm a piece of shit. Uh, <laughs> and I like to pretend I'm better than everyone. Uh, no, that's not true. I just don't, but I don't pay a lot of attention. I'm usually just busy or working and don't care. I yeah, got, you're, you you're know, not going out at night. Anymore. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll hit the open mics and perform, but like to get to do some stage time, but I don't really pay attention to the other people every now and then, but like a, a little bit every now and then. And when, you know, Rob early and often, I'm like, Oh, this kid's got it. This kid, if he sticks with it, he's going to be good. And usually when that happens, like, actually a girl who I have open for me regularly now, Sophie Tomey, um, she's one of my best friends now. But, like, when, you know, she first moved here, I saw her do an open mic, and I'm like, oh, she's really funny. Like, if she sticks with it and we work on some writing, she's going to be great. So I, like, invite her out for a drink. I'm like, hey, like, we're going to be best friends now, and we're going to be writing partners, and I'm going to help you write shit, and mm -hmm. I'm going to put you on shows. Mm -hmm. And I started doing that, and now she's, like, a feature act at the club. Um, so, like, that's – and I, I don't want to make it's it cool sound like her, that's, that's – cool to help her with that start. Yeah, you know, I mean, and she was – she's so funny and has so much talent. I just wanted to – because, like, when I, when I was coming up in comedy – it was an island. It was so hard. No mm -hmm. one, everyone looked at everyone new as like competition. And, you know, I don't really look at it that way. Like I've got my own lane. I got my things I do. Mm -hmm. um, I want to, the people who are funny and really willing to put in the work, like I want to give them opportunities. Mm -hmm. um, like I've taken Rob on the road a couple of times. Like I took Sophie on the road for a while and uh, I still do. And then Rob, I've started taking him on the road to open for me on some stuff and mm -hmm. do some shows, mm -hmm. introduce him to some other bookers, have him do shows with people who book shows so they can see him and have him, you know, get, get some eyes on him because mm -hmm. he's, he's going to be, he is great. He's going to be, he's going to be even better though. Um, yeah, that guy is is going to be pretty funny. But Who, he's still a piece of shit. Fuck you, Rob. Yeah. <laughs> Who is the Fuck gal from, she was from Spokane, moved to Atlanta. Mika. Mika. Yeah, Hilarious. I just was hanging out with her the other night. She was in town okay. briefly, and we got together for a little bit. I love Mika. Yeah. I heard she, I listened to her on the podcast, okay. and I was chuckling the entire show just because <laughs> she was just nonchalant about everything yeah. and then she'd give that little one-line zinger and I, was, I had a good time with it she's one of my good friends uh yeah i miss her i'm glad i got to see her like i was like two weeks ago she was in town for a little bit so 
Yeah, she's great. Well, thank you for coming on. Yeah. Um, they can find you on Facebook. What do you want to plug? Let's see. Go to uh, Deese Comedy, Deese.comedy on Instagram. Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Deese Casillas, spelled the Christian way like in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Social Hour on Facebook. Uh, you can follow the Dollar Bin podcast on Facebook. Or if you you know, you know follow me, you'll get all that other shit. Or just go to DeeseComedy.com, check out everything. Um Big thing is, I would say if you're gonna, if you're in the area of Spokane, come out to the Black Diamond on April 3rd, um, headlining that night. And those tickets are gonna go fast. We have limited space. I think right now we've only got 40, well, we had 45 seats available. We probably have about 20 right now left, maybe less. Uh, So we may be able to open it up with uh, everything moving along. But uh, get your tickets now. They're 10 bucks now. They're going to be 14 at the door if you wait. So don't be a sucker. Brown paper bag Brown tickets. Brown paper bags tickets. Or, you can, again, you can go to deescomedy.com, and uh, the homepage has the link right there for you. Awesome. Thank you yeah. very much for coming on. Yeah, thanks Appreciate for having me. being here. And uh, good luck in 2021. Hopefully uh, it grows and, and we hear more about you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thank you, sir.